take it from me, you guys are not going to want to miss the party of the summer. It's Rocklahoma. It's back in prior Labor Day weekend, September 1st through 3rd. And it's going to feature acts like Warrant, L.A. Guns, Bullet Boys, Godsmack, Chevelle, Daughtry, Skid Row, Limp Biscuit, Bush, Theory of a Dead Man, Asking Alexandria, Kicks, Pantera, Rob Zombie, Corey Taylor, and many, many more. Go to rocklahoma.com right now to get your weekend passes and keep listening to On the Road to Rock with me, Clint Schweitzer, to learn how you can win two weekend passes for the whole weekend of Rocklahoma. Stay tuned. What's up, everybody? It's John Bush from Armored Saints sitting here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. You are on the road to rock. Hi, everyone. This is Eric Martin, the lead singer for the band Mr. Big, and you are on the road to rock with Clint Schweitzer. Thank you so much, man. I, I love talking about the things that I love, Clint, and for you to allow me to do it with you. God bless you. God bless the heartland. God bless America. You are now on the road to rock. It's not just a podcast. It's an unabashed celebration of rock's living legends. And now, please welcome your host, the master of your rock and roll road trip, leading you down the highway to hell, Clint Schweitzer. One of my favorite people, it's Aaron Lee. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, man. How are you? Good morning. Well, I don't know where you're at. For me, it's morning, so. Uh, Yeah, I'm Kansas City here in the Midwest, so just hitting the afternoon. You, a couple hours behind, you'll get there. Uh, Yeah, yeah. It's an early one for me, man. <laughs> I love, I love your setup there. It's it's like uh, I half expect like some woman to come out from behind you with like a, I don't know, some kind of like Arabian looking get up and I don't know, like a lot could go belly on. Dance. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The belly dancers are on the way. They'll be here in a couple hours. Well, I think that maybe this imagery inspired your latest single, Bahia Sunshine. Um. Well, I mean. I'm, I've, I I like the boho look, and actually, my wife is the one who uh, did this look in this room. She uh, had a huge hand in decorating in here, except for these lamps here. I, I put these two lamps right here. Dude, it looks so. looks awesome. I can't wait to talk about the single. But Aaron, the last time we had you on, I don't know if you remember, was actually nothing to do with YNT, Aaron Lee music. It was a album battle, Wasp, the debut versus. The last command, and that was yeah, one of the that, biggest that's shows right. we did all year. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a, a lot of fun, man. I'd like to do that again sometime. We will, and it's funny because since then, uh, Wasp has toured, and I saw Wasp with Armored Saint uh, last November. So, and I had I had tickets to go see Wasp in Reno on that tour, and uh, Y and T ended up uh, booking a show that same night. So, of course, wow. I had to work. <laughs> that and then they canceled. And then Wasp canceled. So, you know, it all worked out. Wasp always cancels. Uh, this summer was supposed to be another run. But it's funny because they did that that run with the Armored Saint, which was awesome. The show I saw, actually, Michael Schenker played too. But to think back to 1986, where that same thing happened, Wasp, Armored Saint. And then a very another band was there that wound up really falling off the earth, doing nothing. They were called Metallica. And they weren't able to reprise their role as the opening band on this, you know, this tour. So they, because they fell off the earth. So sorry, yeah, I Metallica. Think I, I think I heard of them. I, I heard of them. 
I think I've heard that name before. Yeah. Yeah. It's very obscure. Them and Anvil sort of like exist, coexist as uh, in history is just sort of bands that never made it. But uh, for you, Aaron, big times are ahead. Bahia Sunshine, the single, it's out. And it is so Aaron Lee. It is it's like fits perfectly with sort of a lot of your influences. It's a song that really it's like perfect came out in the summertime. It's got a lot of vibes to it. It's a very mystical song. It means a lot. It can mean anything to a lot of people, a lot of symbolism. So I ask you first, what does Bahia Sunshine mean to you? Well, without going way deep into the uh, ocean of uh, deepness there, but uh, so the name Bahia uh, just comes from a, a girl that I knew when I was a little kid. Her name was Bahia. And I just carried the name around, you know, in my mind for many years and and just thought it was unique sounding pretty. And, you know, so I used it in in the title. And, and uh, you know, I la later now after I've written the song and put it out, I'm starting to discover that Bahia means a lot of things. And there's a lot of uh, history with the name. Uh, first off, there's a state in Brazil called Bahia. And so I'm aiming towards having a huge hit in Bahia, Brazil. Yeah. So. Um, but, uh, and also there's a, such a thing called the Bahia faith, which is a religion, which I did not know. Um, you know, so there's, uh, there's these, oh, and Bahia in Spanish means bay. So I didn't know that either. So there's all these things that, uh, you know, when you, when you write a song, you know, you usually don't sometimes really understand what you wrote until there's some time has passed and you, and you, you know, rediscover your own music. Sometimes I've done that with, uh, previous songs I've put out. And so the lyrics are already kind of hit me in a different way than the way I even intended them in the first place. So it's interesting, man. It's been a learning experience, this track, for sure. That's, that's what's great about the song. And it's funny that you say that it was uh, a girl's name, because as I was listening to it, I was like, this could be about a girl, a a, a spiritual enlightening, a, a religion, a town, a place. So that's kind of ironic that it was named after a, a girl, because it's almost like that sort of as a underlying backdrop to me is that like, oh, this could be like a relationship. It could be so many different things to so many different people. And I love that about music. So you've sort of, of like, uh, you know, it's, it's gone down this road of, and I think that it fits you and kind of your influences perfectly. Just talk about kind of some of the bands that I feel like maybe influenced this song. I think, uh, you know, maybe like even like a, the Beatles, T-Rex, there's a lot of different things going on here. So what would you say, influenced you in this music well definitely those two uh t-rex uh david bowie for example um you know as i was creating some of the synth parts and thinking you know like what would bowie do here or you know like it just just things like that i mean i wasn't trying to be so uh just stealing you know uh licks from from people sure but just a little of a, of a feel that I was I was getting from, uh, you know, the instrumentation as I was going along with the production, because honestly, this song, when I first started writing it, it was on an acoustic guitar and it, sound, it had a very folky sound to it, uh, bluesy, folky vibe. And then, you know, once you start getting into the arrangement and the production of a song, you know, it can take a whole different turn, go down a different road. And that's what happened with this is, you know, once the... Uh, all the instruments were being added and uh, I was hearing it back and I was like, all right, well, now it's going somewhere, you know, when before I wasn't con totally convinced of even tackling the song and taking it as far as I did. So, yeah. Uh, the lyric video, tremendous, again, very immersive. 
how did you kind of come up with the concept of this? Did you work with somebody uh, on that? And just talk about some of the musicians that you worked with and that helped you kind of arrange this this piece. So with the video, um, you know, I think it's fun. I think it's a fun watch for a, for a lyric video of, of you know, if, if you can have fun with a lyric video. But uh, again, you know, with this track, and I'm sure this happens with a lot of musicians, you know, especially when you do things by yourself, uh, solo, you know, um, is you find that you start to uh, get on a learning curve with things because you need something done. And when it comes to the musicians uh, on the track, you're looking at it. I uh, I played everything. I, you know, basically from the ground up and produced it. So and and along with all the other solo tracks that I've done in the past, the only other musician that's played on my stuff is Frank Hannon from Tesla. Yeah. Incredible. And you've done some uh, acoustic shows uh, and you have some coming up. So like talk about what those shows are like, what people ex can expect when they when they come see you doing uh, your acoustic stuff and just like what's the feeling of that? Just being able to kind of strip everything down, just doing acoustic stuff. Like you said, you, you kind of wrote a Bahia sunshine that way. And kind of that element always is, is a, a perfect way to strip down any kind of song and just go from its bare bones and, and play. And so what are those shows and how have they been like for you? Well, I've been doing the uh, solo acoustic thing for many years yeah. since 2012. I've been doing that. Um, I had a duo prior and, you know, that went on for a few years. And then I just decided just to start just doing it by myself. Um, it's mainly all covers, but it's, it's covers of, you know, Bowie, T-Rex. I do some Beatles. I do all my influences is what I'm doing. And I'm starting to sprinkle in some of my original music as well. Um, actually, uh, November 17th, Y&T is doing a, a show in Petaluma, California at the Mystic Theater. And I will be opening yes. that show doing my acoustic uh, solo stuff. And I'm going to do all originals. Last time I, I opened the show as well at the same place uh, last year. And I did a lot of covers and I did one original, you know. You know, my thought process was most people don't want to hear people's original music in that environment. They want to hear stuff that they've heard before and that they're familiar with, you know. So... I'm starting to discover that people do want to hear the originals. So I'm starting to sprinkle those in and, and take them as far as I can, you know, when it's just me by myself, but I'll have another guy with me at the uh, Y&T gig where I do the opening slot there. So it'll fill up the sound a little more, get a little more of the bells and whistles of the songs and, you know, some, it'll be great. Yeah. I think that too, that people are definitely going to be more receptive to that whenever you obviously are the bass player in Y&T and that you, you have a visibility people know you from your solo stuff and are starting to become, you know, more, more out there in the mainstream. So I think people are, would definitely want to hear uh, the, the original song. So that's going to be amazing. And uh, pulling double duty akin to Zach Wilde, Black Label Society to Ozzy, Nikki six, 6 AM to Motley Crue. I mean, you're falling right in line with this great, concept and I, I don't know if there's others that have done stuff like this i think it's awesome when bands do it especially if it's kind of one i'm not quite sure like the band I'm like, oh that's oh my god that was the guitarist that so i think it's cool I, I, I don't know if you've uh seen a lot of other bands do this but this is this is uh it's a cool deal that you do it yeah well thanks to my manager uh jill so she you know she's the one who who uh came up with the idea to do it so you know usually those shows we have like we had we've had uh 
Richie Kotzen opened a show once. Um, Eric Martin from Mr. Big opened a show once for us there. It's an annual thing that YNT does there at the Mystic Theater. We do it every year in November. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a great show. And what else do you feel like is on the horizon for YNT? I know you got some shows um, planned for like January and then the Monsters of Rock Cruise, which is uh, always, you know, a, a wonderful gathering of of rockers. And I can't wait uh, to be a part of that. So what else can people expect from from YNT on into 2024 here? So 2024 is the 50th anniversary of YNT as a band. Um, it's hard to believe that it's been 50 years. You know, I've been a fan of that band since I was 15 years old. So it's, you know, it's a trip, man. And uh, so we've got, you know, Japan in January. We're doing Tokyo, a couple shows in Tokyo. Yeah. Uh, then, you know, like you mentioned, the Monsters of Rock Cruise, we're doing that. Along with all the regional things that we do, um, you know, here in California and a little outside of California. I, I'm, I'm not sure about us doing the U.S. in 24. Mm. I'm, I'm kind of unclear on that, but we are doing the U.K., and Europe as well, which we have done in the past yearly. It's an annual thing as well. So uh, th- those are the plans so far. The the crazy thing is, Aaron, is um, let's see, this would have been like March. Oh my gosh. So I want to say like ninth or 10th of 2020. Y&T in Kansas City at the uh, Harris Casino. That was the last show that I saw for, for a year. That was it. It was like, it stands out in my mind so vividly. <clears throat> YNT and two days later I was supposed to see Kiss in Tulsa. I was on my way to the show and it was just like a Stephen King moment. Everybody go home. All the college basketball tournaments are canceled. Tours canceled. Everybody gone. And it was just like this moment. I remember, I'll never forget that YNT show. And I'm just, I always would like think back to it. Like, remember that day we just went and saw YNT and how awesome that was. And just, a second. and then it was over for so long. What, what was it? Was that, what was that time period like for you personally? Well, that show that you mentioned, I think that was our last show of that yeah, U.S. tour. And that was. was the last time we toured the U.S. Um, wow. You know, we got sent home early. Uh, I think we lost three shows. So we got lucky, man. We really did. We we've almost finished out the whole tour. Yeah. Uh, not seeing what was coming, you know. But uh, what came along, you know, hey, it, it's what it is, man. And I think, you know, people tried to make the best of what was happening, you know, through the live streaming thing, um, you know, watching your favorite bands, your favorite entertainers through a camera, you know, which I did a, a lot of that uh, during that time. But uh, it also at that time allowed me just to just jump in and just start writing yeah. my own music. Um, you know, I mean, I've written my own music my whole life, but it's always been with other bands, you know, so um, it this 2020 releasing insanity my first single um that was the the kickoff to where we are right now so do you yeah. foresee do you want to do like a an an, e, a an ep or a full album like what do you think that this is kind of building up to in, in your mind well i already did uh release a four song ep uh back in 21 i think it was and i am going to put out another ep at the end of the year maybe you know, beginning early next year of six songs that will be on this next EP, which will include Bahia Sunshine, um, along with three other new tracks that are already done. They're recorded. They're finished. Um, 
And then I'm going to add a couple previous singles that I'd put out that I, I would want to include on the physical product on the, on the CD. So I can sell that from AaronLee.com and uh, at shows, you know, things like that. So. When it comes to influences for you, Aaron, it's, it's so vast and you can hear it come out, especially in the, in your solo material. I think that's tremendous because you, I mean, like you're a big kiss guy, you obviously the Beatles and the, everything in between. So when you are, you know, recording, whenever you're writing, is it, is it, do you have moments where it's like, Oh yeah, I can, I can see maybe like, Oh, I can, you know, maybe like, like that little moment in like in, in, in that Beatles song or like the, like, Oh, this is kind of more of the hard rock side of me coming out in this. Like, how do you, in your mind sort of, display all of this as you're writing your own stuff and because your influences are just so wide and so vast i just let the song guide me man i mean it it kind of uh you know you when you when you write it and then you're recording it it's two different things because then you start getting into the production elements of things after the song's been written some some people write as they're recording you know uh they change things around and go in a whole different direction but um, you know, it's not like I was thinking, I'm going to write a song that sounds like the Beatles or, or T-Rex, you know, it was just more or less like, I mean, even in the baseline of Bahia Sunshine, if you listen to the baseline, I was really influenced by uh, John Taylor from Duran Duran. When I, when I first started picking up a bass, um, he was one of my main influences. And so as I was creating that baseline for Bahia Sunshine, I had him in mind, like, what would John Taylor do right here? What would he play, you know, along with like a Paul McCartney or something, you know, when it comes to the bass. So, for example, that's about like, as far as I would go with, let's say, an installed influence or something, you know, but um, beyond that, as a whole, I just let the song kind of guide itself where it wants to go. And I'll just follow along and see where it ends up. The bass is such an, an intricate instrument and it's something that just like me as a casual fan, not a player, that it took me a long time to really realize what the instrument was doing. And I think that it's weird because I we had one Crucier from Rad on uh about a month ago, and I and I kind of went back to some of his playing on um, I don't know, songs like Love and Use a Dirty Job and oh, yeah. Lay It Down and some of that. I was like, you know what? Like I think that subconsciously. I started realizing what the bass was doing on, on some of Juan Crucier's stuff. So just kind of talk about the bass in general, where you think that the instrument has evolved to and, and maybe where you had a moment or looked back onto something where it was like, man, like I get it. Like the bass, I understand it now. I know what it does. And like, I want to, I want to do that. Cause you're originally a drummer. Yeah. My first instrument was drums. And I think that played a huge part in me wanting to play bass. Yeah. Um, you know, hey, going back to, you know, everyone's childhood as a musician, you know, you've got buddies that you, you know, uh, you hang around with that are players too. Let's say, you know, you both play guitar and then you got a, another buddy that plays some drums or what. And then you're the guy that plays the guitar and the drums and you say, well, hey, let's make a band. Well, I'll play bass then. You play guitar because you're better than me. You play drums because you're better than me. <laughs> and I will play bass. That's how that started for me, even picking up a bass, you know, was kind of just this default position of, well, if we want to make a band, someone's got to play bass. Um, but, you know, I've mentioned this many times, you know, it's like after I started listening to Iron Maiden as a teenager mm. and Steve Harris and, and Getty Lee of Rush and, you know, uh, and even Juan, you know, from Rat. I mean, you know, all these... Uh, bass players in the, at that time period of 
you know, the 80s, all the 80s, man. I mean, there were such great players, man, you know, on the instrument bass. And so I had a, a, a lot of, uh, you know, ways to to get infiltrated, you know, and, and inspired. So, you know, that's that's kind of where that came from. But I, I do believe, just, you know, knowing how to play some, some drums that, uh, that, you know, it's a symbiotic relationship when it comes to, to sure. the rhythm section, you know, so I understand sure. it. I'm, I'm in a I'm in both sides of it, you know, so it, I think it helps a lot, especially when playing with different drummers, um, you know, from let's say when I got M Y and T playing with Mike Vanderheel, you know, he he's got, he's just got a, to me an unorthodox way of playing and it. And as a bass player, it was a little, um, it, it caught me off guard that, okay, he's using two feet on his kick single kick. He's got a double pedal, right? I know I'm getting intricate here. And, no, and yeah, and, I, I love it. But, but sometimes he'll play with his left foot. And then all of a sudden he'll switch to his right. And this isn't going back and forth like this, like most, you know, double bass drummers. He'll play on one song with his left foot. And I don't know why he does that, but it's just so that in general, because I would look over and, you know, a lot of times I'll watch a kick drum head move or something just to make sure I'm locked down, you know, um, or I'll watch his foot. You know, I learned that from John Paul Jones when I was a kid, how he used to watch Bonham, man. He'd watch him like a hawk, you know, so um, I take those cues from a drummer, but being a drummer as well, that I know where he's coming from. So I'm understanding the the concept. So, yeah, it gets interesting, man. And it does get deep, you know. Do you are you you kind of seem like more of a kind of an in the moment, introspective kind of guy? Or do you ever look kind of on into the future, on into a world where beyond Y&T, whereas I mean, I, I just look around and. I just wonder sometimes where all my heroes went. What happened? How did we get to 2023? And Aerosmith's on a farewell tour. Kiss is wrapping up and on and on. I went to Twisted Sisters last show in 2016. I uh, so many, I just saw Motley Crue recently. They are back, but uh, you never know. So like, do you kind of look around at some of your peers and and just a lot of which are, are your heroes, they're my heroes. And then also with Y&T, so like, man, is there, is there an end game here? And have you looked to that? Yeah, it, it's interesting when you, when you think about where the time went and, you know, um, you know, Hey, all things can't last forever. You right. Know? And we know that, I mean, and you got to be aware of that and accept it, embrace it really. Yeah. You know, getting older and things in, in the, in the music business, you know, again, I come back to, you got to do it because you love it. You know, it's not a money driven thing. It's not an ego driven thing. Um, it's it's a drive that's instilled in me from a child. So I feel like I'd be offending my uh, own spiritual self if I didn't do what I'm doing. You know, um, you know, what's interesting. And I mean, just touching real quick um, about the, you know, our heroes are, are yeah. passing or they're retiring. You know, it's, it's just a sign that of where we are in our life, you know, mm. Um and and what's what's beautiful about it is that we got to live in a time when the best music was created, in my opinion. Um, you know, so when you've got an Aerosmith that's out on their farewell well tour, which don't believe, I, I don't believe any of this farewell nonsense. Well, there there is that. That's a whole nother. Yeah, yeah that's silly. <laughs> um, you know, as long as the money train is, is still rolling along, man, I don't see that that train stopping. I, but, I agree. 
Um, but you know, it, it does mark a point in your life, you know? So it, it's just really interesting. You know, what's uh, again, and I know I'm chatting it up today. No, no. I, um, I recently went down the rabbit hole with a band called X Japan. Yes. And, oh my God. And, and Yoshiki in general, the drummer, um, I am shocked and fascinated by this, this man that, First off, you know, he's kind of androgynous looking. He reminds me yeah. of kind of like a Bowie, you know. But um, I didn't realize this guy's 50, 57 years old. And he's got a brand new band out that, that he's pushing with these other guys that are all about the same age. are all in their 50s. And I just saw a video. I think they're called The Last Rock Stars. Not really my cup of tea of, of music, but I can... I have mad respect for these guys that are out there because they're drawing crowds. First of all, I guess they just played in Hollywood recently. And what I noticed is all the screaming girls. It sounded like the Beatles in 1967 or something. And these guys are in their fifties, man. So uh, it, it's interesting, man. It's an interesting time in music. I think that there's an audience for everything. And if you have quality integrity and are authentic to yourself, You'll find your audience. And I think that's what's happening with these guys, you know, even though they've had previous careers and other bands and things like that. I mean, but, you know, going back to, you know, the, the age thing, it's like, what is too old now? I don't know. I don't think there is a too old as long as you're creating quality stuff. Yeah, it's crazy because I saw I was in high school when I saw Kiss on their farewell tour in 2000. And I remember it was like right like Gene Simmons birthday was like the next day or they had a. They like hit him with a cake on stage. He was like, I, I think he turned like 53 and I was like 53. I was like, okay, this is it. There is no going past this gene 53 years old. Like I, that's it. You, there's no way 23 years later. Yeah. And it's just like, of course, I mean, and so, yeah, for me, I think we all had that growing up. It's like our parents are 40 stick a fork in my dad. He's 40 years old. You know, he played football in college, but he's 40 now. My God, he's the oldest person in the world. And so it just it just keeps going. I think that's I think that's great because you're right. It just marks a point in your life, and if you're still healthy, I, Alice Cooper, Aaron. I just saw Alice Cooper open that Def Leppard, Molly Crucio. He's 75 years old now. Alice, the character, is ageless, so maybe there's something to that. Alice mm. Cooper, the stage character, is not 75. He is just he just exists. So maybe that helps in a way. But yeah, it's crazy, and it. I don't want it to ever end. That's my point. I don't ever want it, the ride to end. And yeah. Yeah, I, I agree, you know, um, but, you know, hey, we've always we always got the music to reflect back to. Exactly. You know? So, you know, exactly. and it takes us right back to those times and those feelings. And and that's the, the beautiful thing about music. Aaron, I, I always appreciate it and I always look forward to it. And I always just light up when I see that you're that you have released something and that you're doing something, uh, even aside from YNT, which is already one of the great, most reliable, most respected rock acts still going. So I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Uh, Bahia Sunshine, the single is now streaming. The website's AaronLee.com. You can get all the information, all the shows you got coming up, all the uh, the store, the new single. It's all there, nice and neat for you at AaronLee.com. Also, Facebook, you're very active on there. So probably the best way to interact with you is uh, through Facebook, yeah? Uh, yeah, it could be the Facebook or the Instagram. Um, I'm trying to drive some more traffic to my YouTube channel yep. uh, where the Bahia Sunshine lyric video can be found along with uh, some other videos that I've, uh, you know, some other singles that I've put out. 
Uh, I'm going to be just, you know, trying to drive some more uh, people over there. I'm going to be putting some more content on there as well and be a little more engaged with the YouTube thing as well. So, yeah. Tremendous. Well, Aaron, I, I always look forward to it. We got to do some stuff again, whether it just be us shooting the crap about bands, do an album battle. You pick one, I pick one. We'll, we'll do it. Something like that. I'm always up for it because you're absolutely one of our favorite guests here. So we, uh, if you want some YouTube content, let's not let's bang it out. Let's do a couple things like that and have some fun. Absolutely, Clint. I would really enjoy that, man. A lot of fun. Always, Aaron. Thank you so much. Continued success and uh, have a great rest of the summer, my friend. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You bet.